0: It's a Northwest Lifestyle weekend on Como News. Welcome to the Fast Lane. Nick Miles is our auto expert, so drop it into gear. It's a green flag. Here's Nick.
1: Well, hey guys, welcome to this week's show. Uh, we are at capacity in the studio here. Uh, Jen, Megan, Chris, and Ryan, all in the studio. Because hey, scoot over. We, have, we had some product that we wanted to talk about, and so they're all like thinking they're gonna get some free stuff when we finish the show today. Uh, have you guys ever been caught on the roadside when your vehicle broke down didn't start? Yeah, no, everyone's nodding. This is radio, you gotta talk into yes, years. multiple times. What happened to you, Chris? It just wouldn't start. I I don't know. My battery just... Sat on the
2: side of the road. (laughs) That's about it.
1: So you sat on the side of the road, and the resolve usually is what? You call a garage, you call... I I call
2: family members and have them come jump my car.
1: Did they come up there with a tow truck? No. (laughs) What? Your family doesn't have a tow truck? No. I thought your family ran tow trucks.
2: Just because my family lives in trailers doesn't mean we own tow trucks.
1: The idea is, so Megan, what's happened to you? What, what happens to you regularly?
3: Uh, you know, one of the kids will leave a light on in the car, and so then the next morning when I get out there, the car's dead. They run the battery down. So
1: it's usually battery. That seems like most people are having battery problems. Ryan? I just leave the car for too long sitting, and then so try the and battery start it. trickles out. Yeah. yeah, we we have we have a project Suburban, a 1999 Suburban that has a six and a half inch lift, and uh, we uh, it has winches on as well, so it uses quite a bit of power, and that battery runs down, and we've had to replace it uh, several times. Um, so today we're going to talk to somebody uh, who has a item that fits in your purse or in. Ryan and Chris's case your pocket or maybe your I don't know what you what do men carry instead of a purse it's your called a satchel your satchel yeah. fanny pack your fanny pack
3: Bro
4: bag.
1: Your bro bag. Um, inside your inside your bro bag, you can have a little device that's about the same size as a cell phone that will start your car. And we're going to talk about that you know, coming up in the show. Also, uh, if you listen to the show regularly, you'll know I spent some time in Corsica test driving the new Jaguar E-Pace. Now this is kind of like a baby Jaguar. It's uh, it's it was called the Cub in Development. It's a little Jaguar. We're going to talk about that with uh, Jaguar. They actually have three SUVs, and their first SUV hit the market, which was the F-Pace, outsold every other Jaguar in their lineup within six months that's how popular the Jaguar SUVs are. They have a second one that's hit the market, the E-Pace, and they have a third one that's about to hit the market, which is an all-electric I-Pace, which is uh, a lot of people have been saying is the Tesla fighter. We're going to get to talk a lot about the E-Pace and uh, how much fun that is. And of course, Jaguar, very important brand for the United States, because uh, especially the West Coast, performance car, we love the Jaguars. We like to get out on on, on road with them, do a little bit of track driving. Uh, also, we're going to talk to Anton Wallman. Uh, interestingly, enough, we had a lot of discussion. Um, Emails went back and forth this week because the crew here also think Anton talks an awful lot about uh, Tesla all the time. And Jen's like, is he going to talk about Tesla again? Interestingly enough, that is generating the most emails into the show. In fact, 90% of the emails into the show are about Anton talking about Tesla. And it's really interesting, the stuff he has to talk about. Uh, Today, he's also going to talk about SUV sales. We're going to find out about that. And... Yes, we're going to talk about Tesla. Uh, the fact is that now, if, you want, if you're a Tesla owner and you want a Model 3, you can get one within a month because orders, so many, it mm-hmm. seems like so many people have canceled their orders already with the Tesla Model 3. So we're going to find out about what that's all. Would you guys, I know Jen's not an electric car fan. Chris, what about you? I don't mind them. You don't mind electric cars? So do you have a preference, gas or electric?
2: I really don't have a preference as long all as right. it gets me to and from. I'm me- cool. Megan?
3: I'm from the Permian Basin, so I'm gas all the way.
4: <laughs> Ryan? There's nothing aftermarket you can do to an electric car,
3: so
5: <gasps>
4: I'm not enthused at all. That's so
0: wrong.
5: <laughs> I do have to say, when my sister comes to my house, she's like, I spent a dollar coming out to your house. I'm like, yay. In, in gas? She
3: has electric. Oh. That's how much it would have cost her to drive all the way out to my house.
4: Jen, how much is a dollar in your truck? (laughs) Would someone spit some gas in there?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Would it get you to
1: the end of the driveway?
2: Yeah, it could get to the
1: end of the driveway. Jen, you may not know this unless you've seen a picture of her, is is a very petite young lady, and she has a truck which I think... Six-inch lift. Yeah, six-inch lift. The doorway comes up to her shoulders. We're going to be talking about that and so much more in this morning's Our Auto Expert. So stand by. The fun is about to
0: begin. More Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles is coming up on Como News. Start your engines and they're off. Back to Our Auto Expert, Nick Miles. This is Como News. I
1: was talking to Megan before we actually got on air today, and uh, Megan was telling me that she needed something to jumpstart her car, which is kind of funny because that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Uh, What happened? Did you have a flat battery?
3: I did. I mean, the car almost started, but it wouldn't start. So we'd been out of town last minute and we went to, well, actually Noah had to take his driving test. And so I needed to go to the DMV. And so we got jump in the car and it didn't start. Oh. And we had an appointment and you missed the appointment, then you have to wait another three months. So I started texting all my neighbors and one of them came and gave me a jump.
1: This is your uh, mummy minivan, the 2007 Honda Odyssey, right?
3: Yes. And it goes through a lot of batteries. <laughs>
1: It eats them up. Well, interestingly enough, um, Alicia Zach is on the phone with us, and Alicia, you have a product that might be just perfect for Megan to carry in her purse, don't you?
5: Yes, I actually do. It's called the Adventure Jump Start. It is made by our company, MyCharge, and it's exactly what you needed in your car to get your car going again for when you got back to it.
1: Is this like Alicia? Is this like a huge, big piece of equipment that you probably need its own bag for? Is it? You know, I, I think we have one, don't we, Ryan? Oh yeah, we do.
5: How
1: how big is how big is it?
5: <laughs> so it's four point four inches by two point six inches. So it's very tiny. Um, it'll fit in your purse perfectly, and then it comes with the two little cables that are connected to it to jumpstart your car. So you don't need a huge purse. You don't need to bring an extra bag for it. You can throw it right in there and have it with you at all times.
1: It's almost like the size of a phone, isn't it?
5: Yeah, exactly.
1: Now, this is sort of specially made for people to keep in their purses or to keep in their glove box, so when your, your battery happens to go flat, then you can just pull it out.
5: Yep, that was the idea behind it. We want people to feel safe constantly when they're with their cars, especially in bad weather, or if there's someone they're not familiar with. They just have the jump start with them either in their car or their purse, and they don't have to worry then.
1: That, I, mean, I love the idea of that. Now, let's, a couple questions about this, because I, I like to find out how practical things are in the real world. First of all, how long does it take to charge? So let, let's say I've, I've used it a few times. Do, how long do I take to charge it? Does it stick on the wall for 12 hours or how, how long until it's refilled and ready to go?
5: It really just depends what kind of current you're pulling it out of, but you can plug it into the wall, and you should be go to, good to go after six hours for it to recharge up.
1: Now, uh, and also, you can do other things with it apart from start your car if, if you run out of cell phone juice, right?
5: Correct. So if you detach the cables that come with it for jump-starting your car, the black it's a black device that just is an actual portable charger, so that comes with 6,600 milliamps, so you can use that for your phone or anything else you may be with. Honestly, a great safety kit, great for anyone to really keep in their car or purse.
1: Now, of course, we're always uh, very conscious about uh, cost for this. So how much am I going to pay for one of these?
5: So you're going to pay $99 for this item. It carries at Best Buy, so it is available also on online on our store, mycharge.com.
1: And, and when I get these things, are they available? So they're available anywhere in any Best Buy uh, or I can order them offline. Probably a good thing for a Christmas gift, right? Especially for somebody or a, a birthday gift, someone that doesn't have a, um, you know, AAA or something like that.
5: Correct. It's a great device to have instead of AAA or if you have AAA as well, just so you know you have, you can feel safe no matter what on your own.
1: Now one of the things I like is that uh, we have a bunch of project vehicles here at the, at uh, at our auto expert that we have uh, sitting sometimes for 6 months or so Ryan <laughs> that don't actually go anywhere. <laughs> so this is the perfect thing. So Ryan's going to carry one in his purse from now on so he can jump start uh, he can jump start the car. How did this how did you guys come up with this? Was it some customers asking you because it, it sounds like my charge do a do a bunch of charging equipment, right?
5: Yeah, so it was just like another expansion. We had noticed that um, it's one of the top reasons um, American drive. They need a place to jumpstart their car once in a while. So instead of calling their roadside assistance, we noticed there was a need for an actual device that was just with them at all times. And they didn't have to feel like they were alone in a bad situation or when their car wasn't working again.
1: Yeah, and one of the things I've He's also note- yeah, one of the things I've noticed is uh, to the uh, the regular ones that you can get off of offline are always like so huge. Um, they're about the size of a battery themselves, which doesn't particularly mm-hmm. work for uh, the size of most people's purse. Well, and again, uh, Alicia, remind us where you can get it and, and the name of the product.
5: So this is the MyCharge Adventure Jump Start. You can get it online at mycharge.com or any of your nearest. By best
1: buy stores alicia zek thanks so much for joining us today to talk about uh i think a perfectly handy piece of equipment the biggest problem we have now in the studio is uh who's gonna keep it in their purse all right when we come back we're gonna talk uh, some jaguars and some trips we've been taking
0: keep listening nick miles our auto expert is moments away on como news 1000 fm 977. Homo News 1000 FM 977. Jump right in and put the pedal to the floor. Our auto expert with Nick Miles continues. All right, in this part of the
1: show, I want to take some time to discuss a little road trip that I recently took uh, with Megan. We went from Orange County all the way to San Francisco in a Kia Niro plug in hybrid. Uh, I understand a lot of things about Megan that I didn't know before. We shared a hotel room. The most enjoyable part of the trip was when Megan was sitting on the Japanese toilet in our hotel room and didn't know how to turn it off. (laughs)
3: <laughs> no just, comment
1: she just she just sat there forever like 20 something minutes
3: look when i was in I, I don't know when i've been at other resorts the toilet like anytime i've used a japanese toilet it turned itself off i've never sat on one where it just keeps going and then you have to turn it on and off
1: Megan's it's like this is actually kind of nice <laughs> She was there for 20 minutes she was actually uncomfortable. it wasn't 20 minutes <laughs> Uh, actually, no, like, the video is 19 minutes 54 seconds whatever uh, so. that's a lie the road trip was fun um uh megan we i learned an awful lot about you one of the things i learned about you is uh never trust your navigation we ended up in Compton twice.
3: Look, that's not my navigation. That was the car's navigation. We never went to Compton. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we, we,
3: were... we went to my friend's house. She does not live in Compton. She's in a perfectly nice neighborhood. In, Rosecrans in,
4: is actually
1: pretty she nice. She lives that's in a nice Studio part.
3: City. That's a perfectly oh, okay. nice town.
1: With, with nine foot walls <laughs> and like security guards patrolling the exterior. So, so you there, went to Englewood. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Megan, you had a little trouble getting the charger out of the car, didn't you? Well,
3: look, there's a button inside that says lock and unlock. And so I thought, well, I'll just hit the unlock and it'll unlock the charger. But it, it just wouldn't, I couldn't get the charger off. It's driving me crazy. So I thought, well, I'll just push the button harder. We have a but video. Nick, didn't and you, you know? Push, yes. the vid- yeah. push the button harder on the, the handle for the plug. I was just, I don't know. I couldn't figure out what's going on. I had to call the Kia guy and ask him how to get the stupid car on.
1: Plugs. I felt, just over there laughing the whole I time. I felt really bad because <laughs> after it was all over, uh, she found out, Megan found out I knew that you have to hit the door unlock button He didn't. He key. didn't
3: know. <laughs> he did. No, he says and, he knew, but he didn't know.
1: Oh, because well, I'm standing there taking video, Megan, with both feet on the side of the car, trying to pull the electric charger out. Going, <laughs> it won't come out! I can't believe it! The video went crazy viral, crazy viral.
3: Because I'm an idiot. <laughs> was... But here's the thing: here's what you need to know. If you're driving a plug-in car, if you unlock the door and unlock it, the car door, not the plug-in door, it'll unplug.
1: And you got it unplugged eventually, right? Yes. And we got it out. And the road trip was kind of fun because we there was a competition involved, and we discovered a loophole in the competition, didn't we?
3: We did. As soon as we read the rules, Nick's like, I found a loophole. <laughs> and so we discussed it, and we were like, oh, yeah, we've got this. And we did.
1: We won. We won. We so, nailed it. Yeah. So they said you got 1,000 points for each charge on the car. They didn't say that you had to have the car fully charged. And they didn't say how long you had to charge it for. So <laughs> Megan and I, between Orange County and San Francisco, hit 31 charging stations. <laughs> that does not surprise me. <laughs> 31,000 points. And then they gave us uh, $500 cards for gift cards for our expenses, like hotel rooms that night meals and meals and anything else we knew. And I also donated all of my $500 to buy um, those wireless collars for the local Humane Society because they'd had all the fires in California. So the owners could actually put them on their dogs. And if there was another fire, be able to track their dog down, you know, if something terrible happened. So nice. All right. That was our little road trip. Coming up, we're going to be talking to David Larson about that new Jaguar E-Pace. And uh, still on the docket today, Anton Wallman, our crazy mad scientist, who is an independent analyst and investor, is going to tell us all about Tesla.
0: Como News 1000 FM 977, our auto expert with Nick Miles. We'll be right back. Our auto expert continues on Como News. Here's Nick Miles. So you guys have heard me talk a lot about the fact that I spent
1: uh, around four or five days in Corsica, um, being very Napoleonic with my hand inside my shirt for about uh, for about almost a week, a uh, working week, and I was there to test drive uh, the Jaguar E-Pace. Dave Larson is is joining us on the phone from Jaguar. Uh, Dave, first of all, thank you for entertaining uh, the our our auto expert crew in uh, in. In Corsica, why did you guys choose Corsica to launch the new E-Pace?
4: I'll tell you, we're always looking for exotic places, and uh, that couldn't have been a better place uh, to highlight the new driving dynamics of the uh, E-Pace.
1: I like the fact that you had a sand course for me to go drift the car in. That was probably the most fun I had. Although, for some reason, they'd only let me go around twice. I'm not sure if I have a a reputation or I was limited in any way. So let's talk a little about the E-Pace. You know, Jaguar, well-known for their performance vehicles. And just so the crew get it right, it's Jaguar. Not Jaguar, which a lot of Americans have a problem with. Uh, well, you're well-known for your performance cars, uh, starting right back when you uh, obtained Swallow Sidecar and then sort of became this speedy brand, uh, heyday of racing, of some incredible cars that we're all super familiar with, race car drivers like Sterling Moss, those, those type of guys who drove Jaguars. But now SUVs are the flavor, and you guys were really quick in responding with three different SUVs to the market, weren't you? Uh,
4: Yeah, and I'll tell you, we made it a commitment two years ago, and uh, we launched uh, what we called the new generation of Jaguar. And uh, that commitment was to offer more aggressive pricing on the existing models. We only had three uh, vehicles at that point in time. And also to uh, expand the brand into new segments where we weren't competing. So uh, the first editions were the F Pace uh, and the XE. F Pace uh, quickly became our number one selling model, and we're now adding to that SUV uh, lineup with the uh, latest edition of the E Pace.
1: The F Pace actually outsold all other all all other brands immediately, right? All all other models.
4: Yeah, within uh, its first year being available, that vehicle went on sale in May of uh, sixteen, and uh, quickly became uh, the number one selling model for Jaguar. And when you look at the segments and the growth in SUVs, it couldn't have been better timing for us.
1: No, I, and I think it was one thing I, I, I love my Jaguar cars. Uh, it was always tough to see you uh, know everybody running to the SUVs and Jaguar not having one. And as soon as you brought one to market, it was it was absolutely awesome. Let's jump to the E Pace. There was other trim levels that were available for journalists, but we don't get those. We get two engine choices, and I have to say, uh, or two, one engine choice with two different tu- tunings in the U.S., amazing turbo. I mean, the the vehicle is a lot of fun to drive. We're not getting the diesel, and you guys have, have hit it out the park with diesels recently, so what was the reason the United States didn't get the diesel?
4: What we've seen is uh, great success in diesel in the um six-cylinder offering that we currently have in Range Rover, Range Rover Sport, and Discovery. Uh, we're running about a 15% model mix and uh, we also offer a 4-cylinder diesel in F-Pace Velar and uh, XE and XF and we see about a 8-10% to 10% model mix so with the introduction of the E-Pace uh, we were keeping or we are keeping it simple for the initial launch and we have the two uh, power outputs of that 4-cylinder Ingenium engine which by the way uh, just received one of Ward's Automotive's uh, top 10 uh, best
1: engines. Yeah, it it was a lot of fun to drive. So what sort of fuel economy we get now out of that vehicle?
4: So uh, we have a uh, estimated uh, combined fuel economy of 24 and 25 for both uh, the 246 and 296 uh, horsepower engines.
1: Let's talk a little bit about the design of the vehicle, because uh, this vehicle, very different design from anything Jaguar have done before. But at the same time, you've encompassed a lot of uh, the F-Type inside the vehicle.
4: Yeah, you know, uh, a lot of manufacturers just have one design and they implement a different size. Um, We've taken a completely different approach with the E-Pace. It it has a similar silhouette to the F-Pace, but all the styling cues, uh, we're really drawn from the F-Type.
1: When we come back, I want to talk about technology, safety, interior, uh, and the fact that you can get two bottles of gin in that center console. That's my favorite part of the car. Uh, we're, we're, with, we're with Dave Larsons from Jaguar. Uh, we'll be talking more about the E-Pace when we come back.
0: Stay tuned. There's more to come with Nick Miles on Como News. It's our auto expert on Como News. Here's more with Nick Miles. Still with us,
1: Dave Larson. We're talking about the Jaguar E-Pace. Uh, Dave, I, this vehicle is actually capable off-road because I drove across a river in Corsica in it.
4: Yeah, no, uh, we really wanted to highlight the off-road capability. There's no sacrifices with this SUV. It has incredible on-road performance, which you got to see on uh, the roads in Corsica. And I don't think there was more than... Uh, a 200 feet stretch of straight road. Everything was incredible. Curves, but off-road capability. You have that sure-footedness of the all-wheel drive system.
1: A lot of SUVs can be too too tall for people to get in and out. But this, even though it's an SUV and has that capability, it's not like uh, you know a foot and a half off the ground. It's still reasonably easy to get in and out of.
4: There's one thing that really stands out, and. That is, the overall length is in line with the competitive set that it competes with, but the width, especially the interior width of the vehicle, is equal to the class above
1: let's talk about that uh who does it compete with because uh it, it's slightly smaller than the land rover evoke the land Rover range rover evoke but yet it's it sort of competes with the bmw x1 x2 so it, it's hard for a lot of people to understand what the competition is
4: yeah so our main competitor for this vehicle is the bmw x2
1: And it's also the interior, and this is what I was alluding to in the last segment, the packaging on the interior is kind of cool because uh, you can actually, I noticed there's so many cubbies in it, uh, so many drink holders, so many places to put stuff, and you can actually, not that you would, uh, but you you have room to put two bottles of wine, two bottles of gin in the center console.
4: (laughs) Or two bottles of water. Yes, So uh, (laughs) (laughs) The uh, interior design, and again, looking at the F-Type. Once you get into the interior of the vehicle, a lot of the styling elements that we have in the F-Type with that grab handle for the passenger is also present in the E-Pace. The engineers and designers paid special close attention to the interior storage of the vehicle, as well as ample charging for USBs, and you can charge up to eight devices.
1: Uh, and that's one of the things that uh, Megan always looks for when i kids, and to make sure that, you know, eight devices, so that makes, hang on a second, that means two for you and, and- and, and two for each kid does that work out for you
3: that would be really good <laughs>
1: yeah megan likes that idea uh dave let's let's talk a little bit about the uh the 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 pricing and the availability of the vehicle because i know that uh, the guys at jaguar bellevue are telling me that they're going to get them in uh they're looking forward to them. when when they're about in showrooms now aren't they
4: yeah we just started wholesaling them late january So uh, they're just arriving into dealers now, and uh, we have a very aggressive starting price at $38,600.
1: And fully, if you really equip it out, can you get over 50
4: We do have a first edition, which is available. It's very limited production, and that vehicle will uh, retail at $53,550.
1: Pretty well equipped. Uh, finally, I want to talk a little bit about the infotainment system in it because you have a pretty off-the-wall uh, infotainment system. You guys have been doing some great big screens in vehicles with lots of features.
4: What we uh, call in-control Touch Pro system featuring a 10-inch screen with a quad 4 processor, so it's super fast and, and very quick. The other thing I wanted to mention is um, all Jaguars are uh, available and uh, it's come standard with a five year, 60,000 mile warranty, which also includes service. So it's the best in the industry among the luxury brands. And uh, we're very pleased with the reaction we've been getting from customers. We see a, a, a high build in loyalty.
1: All right. Looking forward to it. Dave Larson, thank you for joining us from Jaguar and enjoy your vehicle very much.
0: Keep your radio tuned to Como News. More Our Auto Expert is on the way. He's Nick Miles and this is Our Auto Expert on Como News 1000 FM 97.7.
1: Well, rounding out the first hour of our show, I just want to allow you to get all the good information about Our Auto Expert. We have a website, ourautoexpert.com. You can go there and see all our TV videos. You can also do something very cool, which uh, Megan turned us on to. You can follow hashtags on Instagram now. So if you uh, hashtag, uh, you follow... At our Auto Expert hashtag. You can follow us on Instagram, and also we have the Facebooks or the book faces, as the kids like to say, and uh, we have the Twitters. So you can follow us on all of those things. That's at our Auto Expert. You can see all our videos, find out more about the cars that we've been talking about, and you know, some of these fantastic trips that we get to go to, like Corsica to drive cars. You can also log on and see some of the experiences that we've had on Corsica. Also, if you put that hashtag in, you should be able to see the video of Megan trying to pull the charger out of the car. (laughs) We're also going to talk to our crazy mad scientist who knows all about EVs, Anton Wallman. There's that and much more as our delve into the automotive industry
0: continues this morning. More Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles is coming up on Como News. start your engines and they're off back to our auto expert nick miles this is como news So what are some of the big news stories that we've been looking at this week? Well, the continuing
1: story of Raj Nier, who resigned as the head of the Ford company after all of the uh, very interesting allegations against him made through an anonymous tip line at Ford of inappropriate conduct. He resigned uh, himself and has led the way for Kumar Gotra to replace him. Now, Kumar is somebody I've spent quite a bit of time with. He was at Lincoln. He was leading the charge of the rebirth of Lincoln, and now he's in charge of the Ford Motor Company. Uh, That is not a surprising uh, replacement for uh, Raj, who made his exit, but it is surprising how quickly the company have put Kumar in the lead seat. Um, He is a guy who has spent his time learning how cars are used and how car companies uh, use their vehicles to satisfy customers' needs. So instead of asking customers what they want with a new car, one of the things that Kumar decided to do was allow them to go about their daily lives and observe what they wanted at Lincoln and found out that what people ask for isn't always what they want and what they use. In fact, uh, some things that they ask for, they don't actually need, and what they need is what they look for in a vehicle. Now, I'll give you an example of that because it's kind of a complicated statement. So one of the things that Kumar did was with the Tailgate opening, of a vehicle. So he observed with his marketing team, observed people's behaviors with vehicles. So he was noticing people pulling cars into their driveway opening the tailgate, taking out the kids, taking out the dogs, taking out the groceries and taking them into the house, then closing the tailgate and driving the car into the garage and then closing the garage door. So he wondered why things were happening like that in that sequence. So what they realized was there was a fear by consumers of the tailgate of a vehicle, of an SUV, touching the roof of the garage. So one of the things that they did after realizing that was they allowed people to set the height of the tailgate opening. And so once they'd set the height of that tailgate opening, they could then open their tailgate without any worry about it hitting anything hanging down from the garage ceiling, of hitting the ceiling itself, and could unload all their groceries. And so the result is that people were driving their vehicles into the garage, opening the trunk, unloading the kids, the dogs, the shopping, the groceries, closing the trunk, and then closing the garage, which is a different sequence than it was happening before. So he's a very observant uh, individual. Uh, Kumar will be now taking over the residency of the head of Ford for North America. And we expect very little change on the consumer side, but it is an interesting uh, way in which Raj Nier left as the head of Ford Motor Company amongst those allegations of... Uh, some inappropriate conduct. I don't think we'll ever know what the inappropriate conduct was unless there is a private lawsuit outside of the company. But what we do know, it was enough for him to tender his resignation. Uh, The other big news, Volvo announcing a new wagon, the V60, that after some of the pictures were accidentally released Accidentally on purpose, by one of the Baltic uh, marketing or media websites uh, outside of the embargo. So, pictures of the new V60, which is their uh, sort of mid sized wagon, uh, started leaking onto the internet. And yesterday, they actually showed more pictures of the new V60 with its announcement back in the week. And also, Volvo's XC40, which is their small compact SUV, that has been designed and uh, led two journalists in. In the last week lots more coming your way including anton warman as we continue
0: with our show keep listening nick miles our auto expert is moments away on como news 1000 fm 977. it's our auto expert on como news here's more with nick miles Welcome back to the show. Anton Wallman with us. He is the independent investor and
1: analyst that we have on every week talking about uh, different things, especially Tesla. Uh, We get quite a bit of mail emails about the Tesla stuff, Uh, Anton, but you've discovered that if you want a Model 3, you may be in luck,
2: right? Yeah, that's right. So basically, we have a line supposedly of 455,000 people as of a few months ago. And if you were to get in line now, it would say that you would get your car sometime in 2019. However, there is a loophole that just emerged here in the last few days, and that is that people have now discovered that if you are an existing Model S or Model X owner, you can essentially order your car now and they will quote you delivery within about a month. So all it takes for you to get this privileged position in line is to be an existing owner, which, of course, begs the question, what if you basically went out right now today to your friendly Tesla showroom, picked up a used Model S for 35 grand or something along those lines, and then placed an order for the Model 3, and then when you got the Model 3 a month later, you turn right around and sell that used Model S. Then
1: this sounds like very unfair. This, these people who are on a waiting list supposedly are going to have another year to go or something before their Model 3 arrives in their driveway, and now suddenly there's a loophole. That's a bit unfair for those people that that got in line and spent all night signing up as soon as they became available,
2: right? That is certainly the argument that they would claim. There is, of course, a counter-argument to that, and that is that Tesla, of course, has the right to set— I mean, Tesla never—first of all, Tesla said in the beginning that if you are an existing Model S or Model X owner— you have priority in the line what is more surprising here is that even for them if you were to actually order the car now as opposed to having placed your deposit two years ago you it you would only get your car in a in a month i mean you would have have thought that if you placed your deposit now, it would take you at least several months, maybe a half a year, maybe eight months or whatever. And even with that privileged position, it would take you that long. But that is really the surprising part. Now, of course, you could say, is this unfair or not? Well, Tesla also views it uh, in this following way, and that is that Tesla would like the first owners of the Model 3 really to be existing Model S and Model S owners. Because the Model 3 is, of course, a very peculiar car that is also really, Really don't have the quality under control yet
1: is there an improvement in in the model 3 delivery and production because uh, the last information we had at the sales call which was uh, around the same time as the chicago auto show that they were still extremely far behind and not catching up um, uh, and is there any any news on them making more model threes than, than they have been in the past
2: So Bloomberg actually published a very interesting tracker. You can go to Bloomberg and look at it. They update it every day. And they're basing, you know, basically a a tracker of production of Model 3s. Basically, they're now up to, as of the middle of February, to just a tiny hair over 1,000 unit per week, so about a thousand thirty or something like that, you model three unit per week. And that has of course been going up ever since the end of December. And the big question is of course not what has happened thus far, but where does it go from here? I mean obviously production at some point or another is going to continue to go up from here, but the the slope and, and the kind of timeline of that angle of course is subject to anybody's um speculation at this point.
1: And what's the what's the biggest failure now of getting this production up? to to the numbers that they were expecting. Is it still they're having problems with their production line and the, the automation?
2: Well, Tesla has said that their primary production constraint is the manufacturing of battery modules, which takes place in their gigafactory outside Reno, Nevada. They've also been clear that there are other little issues with the regular assembly production line. They have not specified what those issues are, but I, I've, I can kind of imagine that these are the same types of issues in general that any normal automaker experiences when they uh, go to production with any car, which is why a normal automaker takes about a year from when they start the initial pilot production until they start making customer cars. And of course, what Tesla did differently is that they started right away. As soon as they could get any cars off this line, they started sending them to customers. In their case, two or 3,000 employees, but nevertheless, they went to paying customers. All right,
1: Anton Warman is with us. He is an independent analyst and investor. We're talking about uh, car numbers. We're talking about technology, and we're talking about production information about the Tesla Model 3. When we come back, GM have had a huge spike in the sales of their large SUVs. We'll find out why and what that means for the company.
0: Keep your radio tuned to Como News. More Our Auto Expert is on the way. Como News. Time to set it on cruise control. This is Our Auto Expert. Here's Nick Miles.
1: Anton Woolman still with us on the phone. We're talking about uh, the... Very big changes in General Motors' unibody SUVs. So they've seen a spike in SUV sales of the Chevrolet Traverse and the Buick Enclave in the United States. Why have they seen this big jump in numbers? Uh,
2: The first generation of the General Motors' unibody large uh, SUVs that came out in 2008, the Chevrolet Traverse and the Buick Enclave, were really old in the tooth and they were replaced in the fall of 2017 with an all new generation. And these two vehicles are made in the same factory in Lansing, Michigan. They are the only two vehicles that are made in this factory. They have in their first four months of sales in the United States have had a tremendous success in that they are up 25% year over year. And that is a pretty big number, and when you extrapolate these numbers out to an annualized production, it tells you that just the sales in the U.S. alone is at a rate of 200,000 units a year combined between these two vehicles. So if you add some export sales, and these cars are exported only to a handful of countries such as Canada and Mexico, uh, you basically get to a production of almost right about a quarter million units per year, which basically tells you that this factory is now working at absolutely full capacity. So the reviews for these two vehicles have been tremendously good on all fronts. You can look through all the journals that have test driven them they get two thumbs up and class leading this class leading that and there should really be no surprise that they're doing very well but uh, still from these levels a 25 percent year-over-year sales increase is very impressive and these of course are for General Motors overall as a company some of their most profitable vehicles where they don't have to discount them very much where their profit margins are high to begin with
1: now let's talk about these these big vehicles because this is where the money's made right this is I think there's nine vehicles in General Motors that make a majority of their income and they're all either trucks or SUVs
2: that's about right yeah so the most famous factory that General Motors has is of course the one that is located right outside of Dallas Texas that's where they make the body on the frame large suvs Chevy Tahoe Suburban, GMC Yukon and Cadillac Escalade they make those to the tune of uh, over a quarter million a year and they had a little bit of a rough year in 2017 in the United States they were actually down collectively five percent whereas the Traverse and the Buick Enclave were up two percent mostly as a result of the strong performance in the last quarter of the year when the all new generation had come out But these other large vehicles for GM are a little bit old in the tooth now. They came out in, I believe, 2014, uh, and they've done rather well. But, of course, these models uh, with a few years under the belt now Uh, are now really being surpassed in the market by the refinement of these vehicles that are made in Michigan that are of a newer generation that are of a far smoother ride, better steering, better handling. You essentially get the same interior space, but the exterior is just a little bit easier to handle.
1: Now, one of the interesting statistics about people replacing their vehicles was from General Motors themselves that talk about these large SUVs and trucks. People tend to keep them 11, 12, 13 years on average. So they should be looking at at when the majority of these vehicles are 11, 12, and 13 years old and then bringing out new ones to coincide with that age, uh, therefore putting people right back into the new ones. And is that what they're waiting for? Are they waiting for these Americans to reach that maturity age?
2: Yeah, I think uh, the replacement cycle in terms of new um, generations of these vehicles coming out Uh, I think, are going to dovetail largely the large pickup trucks. Of course, GM showed here just in early January a new generation of the Chevy Silverado full-size pickup truck. That one will start uh, manufacturing here in the fall of 2018 as a 2019 model. And I think it's reasonable to expect that a year after that is when GM is going to replace these large body-on-frame SUVs that are made in the factory outside of Dallas, Texas.
1: When we come back... Uh, Anton Warman is our guest. We'll be talking about the opposite trend over at Ford, where they could do with some expansion of their larger vehicles. You're listening to Our Auto Expert.
0: More Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles is coming up on Como News. Como News, time to set it on cruise control. This is Our Auto Expert. Here's Nick Miles.
1: Welcome back to Our Auto Expert. Anton Warman on the phone with us, independent investor and analyst. We're talking about some sales figures which are kind of interesting in the American segment of the market, including Ford. And, and Ford have seen the opposite from General Motors, where they're seeing a lack
2: of sales in their upper and large vehicles. Yeah, So there's a very interesting dynamic that has been going on for several years now, and that is that while General Motors has been extremely successful in selling their largest body-on-frame SUVs, the likes of Chevy Tahoe and Chevy Suburban, uh, in relationship to their large body-on-frame trucks, Ford simply has not been nearly as successful in selling their largest body-on-frame SUVs in relationship to their very successful sales. Of the f-series pickup truck so the two vehicles that we are talking about on the ford side are primarily the ford expedition and the lincoln navigator the ford expedition and lincoln navigator sales have been really horrible when you compare it to their gm counterparts and that is really a bit of a mystery because these vehicles when you think about it really should play in the same sandbox and broadly speaking ought to be doing broadly speaking reasonably similarly well so now what is happening is that ford and lincoln have just come out here in the very end of 2017 with all new versions of the ford expedition and the lincoln navigator and sales are really starting to pick up in this transition to this new generation of largest uh, ford and lincoln suvs and they are just announcing here in february that they're expanding the factory in which these vehicles are made so that they can produce more of them so i think what we can see here for the rest of 2018 and beyond is that ford might just start to narrow the gap between them and general motors in the sales of these largest of all suvs
1: does anybody outside of the american market make any dent uh you know qx80 from infinity or uh, the the nissan armada are they making any uh, dent into this same segment
2: Yes, they are. And yes, they have. So both Nissan and Toyota are the purveyors of other body-on-frame three-row SUVs in the United States. And if you look at their ratio of SUVs to body-on-frame pickup trucks their ratios are even higher than GM. And of course, even GM's ratio is three or four times higher than Ford. So you can just ask yourself, why are those SUV to pickup truck ratios so high for Nissan and Toyota? And the answer in their cases is, is really that uh, their sales of pickup trucks is a lot smaller than GM and Ford.
4: Now, so, well, there is a new uh, Yes, the Armada and the
2: QXA they are doing very well. Uh, and so forth but then the absolute numbers are still fairly small for both of them
1: now with the new xd from from nissan does you expecting a um newer you know more big vehicles in that segment or are they going to just going to stick with what they have the armada and the infinity at qx80 well i
2: i think that would You know, the new QX80, of course, is doing pretty well for them. But again, the the numbers are, the absolute numbers are pretty small, even though the growth rates, both for Nissan and Infiniti, are, are quite healthy. So, I mean, the new uh, Armada, for example, which came online here in the in the September 2016 timeframe had an absolute blockbuster 2017. I think they were up almost 200 percent year over year because the new model was so much more attractive than the old one. But I think we also need to look forward about 18 months down the road here when Uh, Ram and uh, Jeep with the the Jeep Wagoneer and the Jeep Grand Wagoneer are set to come to market. They are going to enter this space, they are going to enter this segment and they are going to be a very tough competitor, I believe, for both Ford and General Motors, so whereas uh, Ford will most likely have a blockbuster as 2018 here with the Ford Expedition and the Lincoln Navigator and probably well into 2019 as well, and then of course the all-new generation of GM body-on-frame SUVs will come on in late 2019. That will also be the moment when uh, the Jeep Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer will sort of re-enter the U.S. market and They're going to take share away from somebody, and I think both GM and Ford will start feeling the heat at that time.
1: Anton Wallman, always a pleasure to have you on the show. We'll look forward to finding out more about the inside workings of automotive companies when you join us again next week.
0: More Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles is coming up on Como News. Charge your engines, and they're off. Back to our auto expert, Nick Miles. This is Como News. So I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about auto shows because uh, most of the
1: automotive calendar revolves around auto shows, and we see new cars, new trucks, and new SUVs. Uh, Quite a few leaked vehicles that are supposedly going to be shown at the Geneva Auto Show are leaking out. Uh, The Toyota Supra, which I got a confirmation um, from Toyota that was actually going to be a live. They are, are actually going to do a, a Supra. They finally sort of told me, yeah, yeah, it's coming, yeah. and it's the worst-kept secret in the whole of the automotive industry. Uh, but we're, we're thinking that there's people in Geneva, but March 8th is the Geneva show, so we're thinking that the Geneva show is where we're going to see it, first of all.
4: I think that Geneva is going to be the release of the Toyota Supra and the new Volvo, Volvo wagon. V- Yeah, the V60. Which someone released way early, and they happened to put their name all over
1: it. So (laughs) So there's pictures out there of the new V60 that shouldn't have been out. So what happens in the automotive industry is we have embargoed pictures, embargoed information. So automakers share with us bits and pieces of information about cars that will be shown at a show, but you're under the embargo. You're not allowed to talk about it, release any of the information. And then when they show it on the stand for the first time, you get to see it. This is what happened with the brand-new Ford Ranger when we were at the Detroit Auto Show. We showed, uh, you know, we had all the pictures as we'd seen it we weren't just allowed to talk about it and that means that when we go on the air here at our auto expert on on como we can talk about these cars knowing all the facts and information because they've been shared with us ahead of time once that embargo is lifted and the car companies cooperate with us but unfortunately seems like somebody has been leaking pictures uh, outside of the embargo of that new volvo wagon and that's a bad thing. What happens is if you get caught leaking information, what happens, Ryan? No more Volvos. Yes, you, you, you're taken off the list. You're not allowed to play with Volvo anymore. Um, they don't allow you to do it. Some people like Nissan call it the secret circle of trust. So they'll share with us vehicles. So we do know something that's going to be released at the New York Auto Show at the end of March, which is going to be the new Ultima. Have we seen it? The well, interior we interior has been shown. Yeah, That's we've, seen, we've seen, like, close-up shots. It's got a we floating have... screen now. Yeah. The
4: steering wheel looks much sportier. The inside of it's gorgeous.
1: And the Altima, of course, is their bread-and-butter car. This is what goes up against the Toyota Camry, against the uh, Honda Accord. And amazingly enough, Honda has been getting loads of uh, coverage on the new Accord. Everybody's raving about that. Camry, which is currently the best-selling sedan in America, uh, seems to uh, not be getting as much coverage as, as the Honda Accord's been getting. So the new... The, the the auto show in Geneva where we're expecting this whole wave of new vehicles is going to be uh, mar- around the beginning of March. Here's an interesting thing um, 2012 I drove I think they called it the uh, the, one, the 100 it was basically a replacement for the Defender the, Ranger, the Land Rover Defender. I drove this thing, it was in a prototype version along the dock in New York the drive of it guys was like crazy the guy Ian who was their maintenance guy, the auto show specialist, was lying on the floor of the vehicle. And he said, tell me when you want to go into second. I said, I want to go. And he'd take two wires and hold them together. And the car would change into second of the automatic transmission. That's how basic the vehicle was. Uh, that vehicle... So we are waiting for the new Defender. They've done a couple special editions of the Defender. The, 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 the idea is there'll be a new Defender. We know other vehicles that are coming. There's likely to be SUVs from Chrysler, from Dodge... From a large three row from Alfa Romeo that they've already told us is coming. We thought that might be New York, but I'm hearing that it might, it's more likely to be uh, closer to April. When we come <laughs> back, we'll talk more about uh, new vehicles and also let you know how you can keep uh, our Auto Expert on the front of
0: your mind. Keep listening. Nick Miles, our Auto Expert, is moments away on Como News 1000, FM 977. News 1000 FM 977. Jump right in and put the pedal to the floor. Our auto expert with Nick Miles continues.
1: Well, thanks for listening to this week's show. The whole team is very uh, honoured that you spent some time with us. Uh, Ryan, Jen, Chris, and Megan are here. Uh, Megan's off to vacation in some exotic place for the next few weeks. So Orlando. Yeah, well, it's sort so of exotic. exotic. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I will say that if you want to email us, you have information you want to email us, I'm going to give you my personal email address here so you can send me any information. It's nick, which is N-I-K, at ourautoexpert.com. You can, of course, go to ourautoexpert.com 24-7 to catch up with all the latest car Information stuff, and also we will be—we'd be very happy to answer any of your car questions. Uh, don't forget to follow our hashtag on social media, which is hashtag Our Auto Expert. Jen, what other accounts do we have? We have the Twittage, we Twitter, have the Instagramage,
3: Instagram, Facebook,
1: yeah, and, and multiple different. And then yeah. you can follow us personally as well. And Megan's at Mummy Travels, and uh, you can follow Ryan and Chris. Chris is at at Trailerpark.com. <laughs> you could, uh, you could, Chris. <laughs> uh, we will be back, of course. Send us emails. Send us uh, messages. We'd be happy to answer any of your car questions. Uh, we'll see you next week on Our
0: Stay connected. Stay informed. This is Como News.